0: Hello and welcome and welcome back, everybody, to the 1991 season of Movie of the Year. The only podcast with the science and the screaming to determine the best movie for any given year. I am your host, Greg. And first off, you have to know, this is a game show, so I will be awarding points. And they sound like this. Greg. (gasps) Greg. For me? Uh, Every time my two co-hosts make good points. Tell a funny joke, or just say something that strokes my ego. Ryan, you are not a fan of stroking my ego. Is that because I hit the stroke so hard?
1: Well, you do say it in an odd way, but, yeah, but pleasing. And I think it's because your handsomeness is so distracting that I don't know how to dictate or like how to like interpret your speaking. Ryan.
0: Ooh, the rare compliment from Ryan, Mike. What do you think about all this? <laughs>
2: Mike, if, you are won- <laughs> if you're
0: wondering <laughs> Mike, how Mike could possibly, just by showing up, create the song Bad to the Bone to be played, uh, you have to head on over to our Patreon and become a member where we explain the origin of Mike creating Bad to the Bone every time he appears somewhere. Uh, I think
2: it's been too long since I've gotten to see your luscious locks and luscious beard, Greg.
0: That's true. Uh, Mike, you have been on the sideline a little bit. You took a little time off the show. Uh, would you like to explain yourself? Uh, you guys said, you don't know anything about 2021. Get uh-huh.
2: out. And just wouldn't let me back in the studio for a few months. Uh, you walked around town
1: to all the villagers saying, I don't know anything about 2021. Yep. Oh, really? Because I heard I he said he
0: was calling himself the king of 2021. And then and he I hadn't just, even seen the movie Drive My Car, right? I don't have you even know I've,
1: what that is. Well, that's not surprising. You don't even know what the movie is. Ryan Gosling? It's nominated for Best Picture. <laughs> it's maybe even better than it's, just the movie Drive. It's the third in the trilogy after Drive and drive My. Today,
0: <laughs> everybody, a moment that I don't want to exaggerate, but I feel like the entire world has waited to with entirely bated breath.
1: We have had our lowest ratings ever throughout the season because in the first episode of the 91 season, Greg, yeah. you were like, wow, well, this year is all about Terminator 2. And everybody was like, I'm not going to listen until they get there.
0: Yeah. uh, All anybody cares about is our take on Terminator 2. Remember, that this this show became famous when we changed the narrative about Fight Club. Remember when we did that? (laughs) We just absolutely changed it. And now everybody knows it by its nickname that we gave it, Alt-Right Club. And we were the first people to really proudly come out and say that. And so people want to know, what is the pop filter perspective on movies? But before we get there with Terminator 2, what's our history? with terminator 2 did we did any of us in particular care about this movie as children mike how about you
2: liked it a lot as a kid definitely saw this one before i saw terminator one to the point where it took three other terminator movies for me to stop showing up opening weekend (laughs) on terminator movies and i've not seen the last two now uh but also i have not seen t2 jd since maybe i was 20
0: yes Okay, my uh, Ryan, did you have a similar experience where you watched it a lot as a kid but not recently?
1: Yeah, I mean, like this is one that was we had on you know on home video on and home was played laser constantly. Disc. We had it on laser disc. We did not have a disc player, but we would like spin it real fast and dance around the backyard. Uh-huh. Um, I feel like that I watched this movie. That's just what being a kid is, is you yeah. pick ten movies and you watch them over and over again. And so even though watching this i realized that i hadn't seen it in forever i knew every heartbeat of this movie
0: <laughs> and that was exactly my experience as well which i watched it probably more than any other movie that i've seen when i was a kid i watched it more than any other movie uh, and then i have not seen it for 10 15 years and i agree that i knew all the beats but for you guys had you seen i had not seen it in this aspect ratio for a long time and i never thought about that Pen and Scan? Yeah, right. Because it was I had it on VHS, and all those right. VHSs were little boxes. And I I have not yeah. thought about that as much uh, until this season, where like I saw Terminator two one time in the theaters, and every other time I saw it, it was this tiny little box that was doing these weird mo- like uh, squishy motions. This director back and won't forth. stop moving
1: the camera, <laughs> and they, they did the squishy motions because people were like. You have to do that, or you're taking away my screen. If
0: you right. okay, back in the VHS days, <laughs> if you popped in a VHS and there was a bar at the top and the bottom, you, you took bullshit. it back to the store. You, like you were like, "This is broken." Instead of saying to yourself, "I'm getting the theater experience," instead of saying to yourself, "I'm finally seeing what the director's entire vision for this was," you would freak out and start screaming and hooting because you're like, "They're taking away
1: my screen," which is therefore choosing. I want the sides of every shot to be. Mm-hmm. Gone instead of the tops and the bottoms, and
0: that's not how movies are made. (laughs) And
1: important important stuff doesn't happen in the tops and bottoms normally. (laughs) When James, like when Terminator 2 had to be painted scanned for VHS, James Cameron was not coming in, some fucking schlub, some intern schlub (laughs) was coming in and deciding what you should see the entire time. It's truly awful. If you just turned out the lights in your room, it would be fine, like the dark bars would blend into the background, and you would have this awesome rectangle and you would
0: almost right away be like no i do feel how this is more open i do feel like this is more like human vision yeah oh I, i do feel
2: why it's better to watch john connor react to things arnold says than have it slowly pan over Yes. Oh,
0: God, it's, it's, And it's like such a weird pan the whole time Like everything's shuddering And it, sometimes as soon as it gets to the left It has to start moving yeah. back to the right oh, And yeah. it's like it's the DVD smooth. loading screen or something You just watch this thing bounce around
1: <laughs> It's similar to like being on a Universal Studios motion ride Where yeah. like that's how you feel when you're watching it the other, thing, the other reason where I knew that this was like A very seen movie for me when I was a kid Is and alongside with my wife We watched this together And we watched the director's cut And every time there was an insert that was not in the original, (laughs) we were screaming. No! No! Bullshit. Fake. Not canon. There's probably three major scenes in the director's cut that weren't in the original that are... I mean, we could talk about them later. Is that I,
0: Terminator trying to smile? One is that from the director? That's guy? the one. Yeah, that's, that's the one. worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Which <laughs> that's uh, haunting. I don't even feel like they missed it on that scene because it probably would be weird trying to watch a, a a weird robot man try to smile. But it's so discomforting. Like you do not, you don't feel good after watching him do that. There's
1: one where Michael Bean is in Sarah's uh, hospital room.
0: Michael Bean, the guy, the English guy, Bean. Bean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs>
1: Mr. Bean. <laughs> comes in and just like tries to put a chicken on her head. <laughs> and uh Linda Hamilton's get the fuck out of here. Uh and they hug and then there's a dream sequence but like this movie was perfect. Yes. And not only that but like not only that we grew up like the nostalgia makes it perfect. These scenes were cut for a reason. Get right. them the fuck out of here. But the, the VHS copy or the DVD copy or the Laserdisc copy, if you were a multimillionaire in yeah. the 80s, uh, is so burned into our heads that any any insert that mm. is different, not even a scene but an insert, will make you like, like scream at the screen.
0: And it's sacrilege. It is yeah. pure sacrilege. I mean, Jesus hates it. When we come back, it's time to jump into the hot molten steel that is Terminator 2. You're 10 years old, and you are about to see your first R-rated movie. You have come out of the wet, garbage heat of the New York summer into the perfectly chilled, popcorn-infused air of the theater. You sit alone. You arrive too late to get seats with your mom. But you don't care because the Queen's crowd has already cohered into one mass of excitement and expectation. The lights go down, and the sound this mass makes still gives you chills. What happens next is lost in the hundreds of times I've seen this movie, but that excitement, the quickening before the show, has never left me. This movie is perfect. The music is perfect. The camera work is perfect. It's an action movie that never unnecessarily slows down the action in the name of exposition. It is the best Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, probably the best Linda Hamilton movie, and maybe the best James Cameron movie. I have sworn I will punish anyone who says anything bad about this movie, and that was no idle jest. So, gentlemen, I ask you this. Does Terminator 2 Judgment Day belong on that list alongside Jaws, Star Wars, and Iron Man as movies that, for better or worse, changed movies forever? Which is to say, how influential is this movie?
1: Like, before we get to this, are you... Is this a new episode of Movie of the Year where you have to weigh being truthful with winning points?
2: I'm nervous now about (laughs) critiquing... (laughs)
0: <laughs> this film no yeah. feel free to be honest i i uh, my my stance is that you should give your honest appraisal of the movie uh, i don't think that's true <laughs> you have free will you have the free choice to say whatever you want about the movie i just i also have my own free will and i will simply give points to your opponent every time you say even something slightly bad about terminator 2 don't test me
1: okay i will uh let me start by saying please mike <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is. It was. I wanted to hear this, way more optimism than that right off the bat. Rope.
1: Yeah, get in there, mix it up. And this is not for points, like Greg. If you want to p- take the headphones off or whatever, but I will say that um, we didn't really get into this in the intro. But yeah. this is my favorite movie as a kid, and this is a I would say a still v- pretty perfect movie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Th- I think that the one downside against it, right, uh, is that I typically go for the original. And this is just, like, movie dork douchebag bullshit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original win. The sequel is more of a big-budget remake. More of a crowd-pleaser? Oh, you're Evil saying... Evil Dead 2 style? Evil Dead 2. Okay. Uh, Desperado over El Mariachi. Ryan. Um Terminator 2 is that. And James Cameron readily admits that this is... I had money now. Yeah. Right. So I will tell the same story that I loved. Um. And so for most of my life, I was... And I, I still think that Terminator in so many ways is a better movie because I do love the, the down and dirty. They, I mean, they told that same story with almost no money is yeah. so impressive and entertaining right. to me, you know. And it
0: only looks slightly worse because they just didn't attempt as many things. But like when the Terminator moves in the first Terminator movie, it doesn't look that much better in the second one.
1: But me and Greg have been talking about this movie for literally the last twenty five years. Yeah, and <laughs> its influence. And I right. I I texted you Mike today like because we were working on awards and just discussing the movie, that this might be the most referenced movie of all time. Yes. This yes. might be the most, like, like, and not just, like, oh, Citizen Kane. Like, have you seen Citizen Kane? I'm right. talking about the nitty-gritty of all the details of the movie. It may be more than any other movie. Where, where, like, watching it again, where, where, where did you land?
2: Oh, yeah. Phenomenal, super fun, even when it's Mike. cheesy, it's a good time. In... Uh-huh. And when it's awesome, it's awesome. Uh, Linda Hamilton, I I think because I was a kid and wasn't like, she is such a fucking badass. And thinking about, because this is legacy, right? We're talking about influence and legacy. I think, thinking about the other ones, because I was older when I saw the other ones. I saw them in theaters. Do you know what they fucking forgot? Is your star is Linda Hamilton, not a different dude playing a different version of John Connor every fucking movie. Yes. Mm. And she crushes. John is a sidekick, as he should be in this movie. And he is probably the worst part of this movie, is a little kid who can't really act. (gasps) Greg, come on.
1: Greg, come on. We will talk about acting in the
0: second segment, and I will consider
1: (laughs) some criticism. This judge is so kind.
0: Of Eddie Furlong.
1: Um, There's so much I want to say about what happened after this movie, and I will start by watching it this week. Um... When John Connor's parents have clearly been murdered, or at least the mom has, right? Yeah. Uh And he calls home, and he's like, "Um, hey, mom, you know, is that uh, Wolfie in the bar, or is that Max in the background? Yeah. And Xander Berkeley, the dad, is saying, who's on the phone, who's on the phone? Chug it, drink some milk. And T-1000 puts a fucking blade right through his head. T-1000 does not say, it does the body good. Yeah, no. and I think that was such a huge turning point that like we are no longer it like to use the parlance of the times this movie is Nirvana to the hair metal bands and all of the ah. old school action movies are now done. The movies oh, weren't
2: isn't an unclever pun yes, that just happened. When you just saying,
1: kill yeah. a person for no reason other than they're like uh you know wearing a different costume than you and then you say a clever pun, that is literally over forever. That is well, left from this point for, like, Jean Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal to do mm-hmm. in movies that barely make it off of video release if they're in theaters at all. They, this movie canceled all of those. And you, th- well, sorry, because what James nope.
2: Cameron remembered was because the first one is a horror movie and he just has those elements. He's like, now it is yeah. action, but I'm going to keep that. Which is what dying he did with the scary. Aliens franchise. Mike. Yeah. That dying can still be scary.
1: <laughs> but uh, you see this ripple throughout all of the action genre. Steven or Sylvester Stallone was the like cheesy action hero more mm-hmm. than Arnold Schwarzenegger and after this he tries Demolition Man, he uh-huh. tries Judge Dredd, but he can't go back to that Rambo I just deliver one-liners because Terminator right. 2 came out and it there there is no more of that movie ever again. And think
0: of how odd that is to say when First Blood, the first Rambo movie it's not that, right? right? I mean, it. so you can, you can kind of, like, chart the culture. Because First Blood kind of takes us from, like, legitimate, like, gritty cinema. And then we watch that whole Rambo franchise transition into exactly the kind of action that you're decrying here, Ryan. And then, finally, he has to, like, abandon that franchise because it's got – everything needs to be too mm-hmm. gritty at and, that point.
1: And, like, there has to be reasons for stuff. We can't just be, like – I mean, John Wick was a throwback because it was – you killed my dog. Like, yeah. that was a throwback to when, like, before we were kids of how simple the action premise needed to be because James Cameron elevated, we need a premise.
2: Well, and that's, infl- talking about influences, this premise, now normies can talk about time travel and don't instantly roll their eyes. Like, I, Endgame <laughs> would not exist without Terminator 2 because now you can get... Theaters full of people all over the country just being like, Yeah, I'll watch time travel shit. Who gives
0: you you know what's smart about the way they handle it? They don't lean on the time travel, they don't talk about it. It's just like, I don't think
1: they should. They travel in
0: time, like, they don't spend a lot of time being like, But wait, can we prevent this from like it? It already Uh happens, right? If you're here, then we know for a fact. They just like, Nah, don't worry about that, man. We're gonna just like fire guns and shit. It's gonna be so cool.
1: The other thing I realized this hit me while I was watching it in like in the uh pescadero hospital which is not a prison it's just a
0: it's just a normal place where people
1: need a little bit of rest and to get licked on the get street. their faces maybe licked yeah. or something um Doctors there was orders there was this bath of blue light as everybody was coming in as as everybody was like entering the arena for this fight and that is so very clearly spielberg right mm. like if you come into a if you enter into a spielberg movie you're either bathed in gold or blue light and then I was thinking about it, like, this is right. Cameron's Spielberg movie. Yes, yeah. Because we all are, we're not focusing on what the future may hold. We're focusing on John doesn't have a dad. What does right. he need? He needs a dad. That is Spielberg as fuck. And then I thought about, like, the difference between Cameron and Spielberg. And in all other Cameron movies besides this one, the humans go to the strange place. Uh-huh. Right. You know, they go to a strange land, whether it's the abyss or aliens. We're normal humans. We're, like, business people. And then we go to the strange place. Or just the middle oh, of the freaking ocean. Yeah, <laughs> And, yeah, and Titanic works, too, of, like, this is not our normal world. Yeah, we're going dude, to a new world. If and, we were to get dropped into this water, we'd be fucked. <laughs> or Avatar, like, we're going to get... Uh, what Spielberg does is he says, we're going to keep it normal, and we're going to bring one sci-fi element, Close Encounters, E.T., into the normal world, and it's just the one element. And so... In so many ways, this is Cameron Spielberg movie of I'd rather focus on the family and the the son and the dad and just have a little bit of sci-fi. And that seems crazy to say about Terminator 2, but just a little bit of sci-fi in the thing. And then, just like the Beatles begat the Beach Boys begat the Rolling Stones begat the uh, Beatles, what did Spielberg do right after this movie came out?
2: Jurassic Park.
0: Posted he made app. his
1: first movie where he takes the normal people and puts them in the weird world. He made his first Jurassic Park is a Cameron movie. Ah, it's the only Spielberg movie where he takes them and puts them in the different land, and then the the different people rule. So well, this is a very clear one up. I don't know if it was like if this is actually true.
2: It, it doesn't feel one uppy. It feels just like. I admire you. I like your shit. I'm going to do For it. Sure. Like... And I
1: think you could say that about rock bands too, when they do this to each other that like, yeah. I'm not doing this cause I hate you. I do this cause I love you. Yeah. But I've, I, you have to put some stank on it, but yeah, is Cameron is throwing normal people into crazy situations. And this was his one where like, I'm not going to do that now. I'm going to be like, this is what if a little bit happened in mm-hmm. a very real world situation.
0: Yeah, and I think he captures that with, like, a lot of the vehicles that are used in this. Like, they're always in trucks and, uh, like, heavy machinery that we see every day. Not, like, in a lot of movies, if there's going to be as many cars and vehicles as are, are in this, they would be, like, Porsches and Ferraris. Right. I mean, what but is- instead, this, there's one cool vehicle, which is, uh, which is the Harley-Davidson bike, right? That looks cool. But the rest are like a station wagon, a truck that can like is when, a gardening truck and can only go sixty miles an hour. Yeah.
1: When Sarah, John, and Arnold finally come together and there are three of them in the front seat, what is the car that they're in?
0: That's the station wagon, right?
1: No, it's it's a truck with a home built on it. Like, oh yeah, they literally oh, yeah, run yeah, yeah, into yeah. the same <laughs> home to live under the same roof <laughs> as they drive away. Like we are seriously building a family here and saying that the power of family will propel you more than and that I missed completely. completely as a kid. This was my first viewing where I was like, "Oh, it's all yeah. about
2: your family and what you like what you think you want versus what your kid needs."
0: That is an interesting part of the experience of watching this because this is a movie I could just completely recreate by closing my eyes and just watching my memories of it. And yet Mm -hmm. for this time, there's the first time where I was ever thinking about like, what's this movie about? Like what's actually going on here? And when I was a kid, I thought Linda Hamilton, a woman in an insane asylum separated from her family. And like the way that authority completely like just takes command of her life. I had no idea that there was like a rich legacy of that in literature forever Mm -hmm. that like that is the model reference to the yellow wallpaper yeah right (laughs) (laughs) and so i just thought because that's the perfect situation to put your heroine from the first movie in that like Mm -hmm. here is why she's dispossessed now and here's what she has to worry about and here's the kind of like tyranny that this entire movie is spitting in the face of right which was allegedly her demand which was her demand right and i think like really gives the character more depth than ever oh, existed yeah. for her in Terminator, where it was her and job it, to just be kind of the final which girl.
1: It, it, I love that it, like, because you would think that the writer and then the director are in charge of the character, but that performer was that fucking character. So th- let's talk to the performer about what they think they would be like yeah. eight years later yeah, if you when go- all and this shit went down.
2: That's why this is elevated from the we just have more money, we're remaking a thing, yeah. because a core character yeah. in these two movies is so drastically different. From Sarah Connor Terminator 1 to this one because she actually, things affected her in a way. In most movies and most franchises, they don't get affected by anything fucking ever. They're the same as they always will be. She is a different person in the most believable of ways.
0: Yeah, I think of what a badass she is, but the second the Terminator suddenly pops up in front of her she, like, runs in the opposite oh, yeah. direction. And that's, like, it's because... so good. I yeah, mean, she's, because she's, she is
1: trauma in this movie. She's stuck in quicksand. Like, the, yeah. the movie goes to slow motion, and she can't get away.
0: Yeah, because mm-hmm. it's like her nightmare. Her nightmare is coming true. So, uh, speaking of legacy, it is weird. Like, a lot of people like Terminator. A lot of people, I think, are like me and Mike, Ryan, instead of liking Terminator more, it's like, no, it's a good movie, but the Terminator 2 is where it's at. This is We perfected this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But there are like a hundred and fifty seven other Terminator movies, none of which I have even seen. How did it had they fuck up so much? How come the legacy of this movie is not three great additional movies?
1: Well, I think it's like it's it's really hard to talk to people like go back and watch the nineteen thirty three King Kong and it's because there's a two thousand and five King Kong and there's mm-hmm. every you know, monster movie Skull of all time. Skull Island. It, it, there's Kong Skull Dude, Island. Dude,
0: go watch Kong Skull Island. I would tell anybody that
1: the Skull graphics Island's have cool. gotten better and the ideas have been copied so many times that you now feel like like it's just degenerating ideas. So when yeah. you, you when you go and do the same thing again, like that you created that you you created all of pop culture. Yeah. But now it just feels like that you're copying it. What would have been great is if you did something new which he tr- mm-hmm. you know he tried to do with Avatar and Titanic but uh w- to go out and just redo Terminator again bitch we get 50 terminators a year there's not yeah. 150 terminators uh you know out ev- released every year we have 50 every year because of how influential this movie was yeah, like right. he he fucked himself by being so good
0: i mean the matrix is, is probably the best terminator I saw the matrix so is the best terminator, terminator. sequel you yeah. know it's so funny when i was a kid there could not be more time in between Terminator 2 when Terminator 2 came out and when the Matrix came yeah. out but folks that was eight years yeah. like imagine what eight years feels like now if you're James Cameron aren't you like hey Matrix interesting movie where did <laughs> you get some of these ideas so there are some shots like the shot of the uh, going down Neo's throat when he screams that's oh, the yeah. same shot that when the T-1000 is in the molten lava and is screaming like that's there it's like a the, shot for shot the, the Matrix
2: uh, like the bank the lobby fight has to be an ode to this lobby. The, Some yeah, of the I columns mean, are the same and they're yeah. going Running by, around like, the
1: columns is exactly the same. Also, mm-hmm. the bunker, They we spent 10 minutes, and I love the 10 minutes, but we spent 10 minutes with Uncle Enrique so they could get weapons, where right. the Wachowski sisters were just like, we need guns, and that was it. Let's avoid yeah. 10 minutes. <laughs> that's the
0: only time the movie slows down even a little bit, and I think that's just so that there can be a little slow period so that everything else around it seems... That much more. Right.
2: Go pee because
0: yeah. shit's about to this go nuts again until the <laughs> end of the movie. <laughs> when you see Uncle Enrique pop out to smoke a ciggy and then come back right after that. When we come back, another award winning segment. Mount Rushmore. Yes, that's right. Mount Rushmore, a monument we can all feel super good about and super proud that it represents the best of our country and there's no need to look any deeper into that. Hey, Greg,
1: I think it's the worst of our country. Let's change the heads.
0: Let's change the heads. Okay, fine. We'll change the goddamn heads. Uh, let's see, but I'm going to – I'll pick what they are. Uh, let's see, 1991, obviously, because that's the season we're doing. Oh, that makes um, sense. And then candles? scandals. Let's do oh. scandals. Okay. Candles. Uh, what have, yeah, The Yankee Candles of 1991. Ooh, okay. Right. That would have been good, but it wouldn't be fair because Ryan, obviously, is such a candles bitch. And there's just no way Mike would ever compete with Ryan's like crazy candle game.
1: Ryan, rarest candle you own. Go. Oh, it that is the 1986 Reggie Jackson uh, World <laughs> Series candle.
0: <laughs> that candle hit three home runs in one game. All right. Uh, Ryan, you have earned Ryan. the right to go first. Give me those tasty 1991 scandals. Now,
1: Greg, this is your least favorite thing. Like, it's, this is your least favorite Rushmore, because we have to talk about some serious cause
0: stuff. Because it's o- – because it's I, I always – here's what I always expect. Like, ooh, this actress was caught in a steamy situation, and here's always what it is. Ooh, kids are choking on their toys. Like,
2: fuck. I brought that up once. <laughs> All right.
0: You know what, Mike? It bummed me
2: out. <laughs> it was also the first time we did Scandals, I think.
1: <laughs> I think we have to go with the – one of the biggest stars of 91, like – everyone knows his name definitely totally raped someone went to prison got out of prison and now he has like he had a cartoon and we're all just and he starts hangover movies and we're all just okay with it but there was no doubt that he definitely sexually assault raped a woman that's mike tyson
0: yeah um this is so weird like is it because He went to prison and came out like it's not like he was like, oh, sorry, everybody. Yeah, obviously that was wrong. Like he he fought and then was convicted and went to jail. And now it's just kind of like it feels like that's not part of the equation when he's in stuff. I mean, when people remember
2: Mike Tyson's bad 90s. They remember years after this when he bit off
1: Evander Holyfield's ear. Yes, yeah.
2: right? Yeah, like there was other things. So uh, maybe maybe he didn't chill out in prison.
1: This is actually probably not his first time on a scam because we did 97. <laughs> yeah. This is probably not his first time on the Rushmore scandal. But, I I mean, it's it
0: certainly was a scandal. It rocked sports. It was a really big story. And... Um, yeah. So and now you can uh, see him on Adult Swim if you want to. The Mike Tyson Detective Agency. And uh, honestly, I don't know. Maybe the right thing is that if somebody is convicted and then serves it, their sentence, the time. And it's pretty rare at this point. Yeah. yeah like, right. Because now most people just lie and say they didn't do it, and then never get convicted, and then we never get any justice. So you know, uh, maybe there was something restorative about the fact that he went to prison and came back, and then and then. But I think we lose something if we don't at least like. <laughs> If we don't at least say, like, hey, this guy, remember? like, Yeah, it's still scandalous.
1: It's on his resume.
0: It's definitely on his resume. And Bro, take
1: that off your LinkedIn at least.
0: Right. It's on our mountain of scandals. Mike, do you have a scandal at least as fun as this? Who choked I, on
2: toys, Mike? I'm going to try to make it even more fun uh, than that. Uh, and this is a scandal so big it hit me. In 91, I was six, and I heard about this. Even if I didn't understand all of the stories, but uh, a well beloved childhood TV star. Were you able to connect the dots? La, la, la. Pee Wee jerked his Herman in a public porn theater.
0: Yes. Okay. This is what I want. This is what I want <laughs> the scandals to be. Because look, there's no victim here, right? Like, well, kind of Pee Wee Herman is. Like, kind of yeah, Pee Wee Herman a, is. This is a weird sting operation. And it's like, people go to these porn theaters and. It's a it's a private place. You think that what you're doing there,
1: I think, is your own business. I'm I, shocked, shocked to find out that there is jerking off in this porn. Yeah, den. like
0: <laughs> what is that? Go is it,
2: home and think about it and do it there, like a normal
0: yeah, person. You sit there and you watch the entire two hour feature film, and then you're like, all right, I got some saucy images to conjure up later when I'm in the privacy of my own home. Mike. Yeah, justice for Pee Wee. Like this is a perfect example of what of the kind of scandals that I want. I want yes. to see celebs with their Pee Wee Herman out. I mean, um, I would
1: say, I would say, borderline if not definite, Pop Filter Hall of Famer future. Oh yeah, campaign. for sure, for sure. Okay,
0: and much like uh, Mike Tyson, he did his time, and now he's he's been rehabilitated. We're ready to open our arms with forgiveness for you, Pee Wee Herman. Uh, very awful time in my life because um, my mom had to explain what the story was about.
1: <laughs> yeah, in a children's pop-up book.
0: <laughs> yeah, so something's
1: up with Pee-wee. Um,
0: <laughs> Ryan, we have two of our spots already filled. What do you got?
1: I think that sometimes scandals have a lot to do with what? What did you do? And very
0: the, true. I think that's very true. The biggest
1: one is uh, Hugh Grant what? and uh divine brown like i'm sorry you're married to elizabeth hurley and what did you do yeah <laughs> but the og is this year when prince charles told diana i am cheating on you and it is with camilla parker Bowles. Bowles, yeah um princess diana everybody loved camilla less so everybody was confused by this yeah this is uh just before a book came out um so they sort of revealed it before the book. Uh that Prince Charles y- you don't have to be faithful if you're a royal. You're supposed to have two no. personas and he was rocking that other persona all night long with Camilla.
0: Yeah, he Camilla. Uh sorry. The the story of every single royal is that you are you have one person that you are in love with. And then another person that you marry, and what you're supposed to do is just let that destroy the life of everyone around you, Hell while yeah. you while you keep it a big secret. And instead, he let it destroy the life of everyone around him, but he did not keep it a big secret, and that's where the trouble came in.
1: Am I a royal? I did that. <laughs> I married a girl named Stephanie. We I'm in love with. In Royals. I'm in love with Mike and Greg.
0: Oh, Aww. you big absolute Aww. sweetie! Right. All right, I'm putting that on the maybe pile. But like with a little asterisk like I'm just doing this because I keep oh, like filling up. after you mountain. don't want to go for for four yeah <laughs>
1: yes. you don't want to be known as that guy <laughs> as a greg as we call it
0: so i just i i interact with the world with a lot of enthusiasm mike what else is scandalous from 91
2: this fun romantic scandal energy and this mm. I, I did not know this uh, at first but it was huge at the time is a uh, julia roberts legit runaway brided from Kiefer sutherland and then got with his friend. Hey, Mike, you're about to get married to a guy named Kiefer. Do you not run away? Yeah, I'm gonna go and fool around with Jason Patrick as well. <laughs> Kiefer, Kiefer. You know what? No, Kiefer, I deny yeah. this. And so, then she
0: later made a movie about it. When you say "Runaway Bride," like she like on the day of her wedding, she like like strapped on those sneakers. It was and pretty like, close. Really? Yeah, yeah. I don't think it
2: was day of, but they were engaged and everything was like locked in.
0: This is weird. I guess because I was 10, and so I wasn't really following pop culture very closely. Because This doesn't yeah. really ring a bell, but I have to say. It's Mike. delightful. Yeah, dude. I love it, especially because then she's like, yeah, dude, I'll be in a movie called Runaway Bride. I did that. It's yeah. hilarious. I've already done the work.
1: That was eight years later, but that is what a fucking strike to Kiefer's heart that now you're going to make a movie <laughs> called Runaway Bride. Is that
0: why he's so sad all the time?
1: <laughs> yeah. It's because of her.
0: But I thought it was because of like the eight seasons of 24. <laughs> Don't make me do it And anymore. it's crazy
1: because, like, what's a key for? It's for locking it down.
0: Oh! 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 <laughs> I a think we all saw that coming. Directly to the frozen account of Mike. All right, Ryan. We got three spots filled here, bud. We're going to maybe lightning round. So do you
1: have a maybe for me? I don't know which head, Greg, to give this. If this does make it on the mountain. Because it probably belongs to Magic. But I think that it might belong to Carl Malone. Okay. Uh, Magic Johnson says that he has AIDS, and it's or he's HIV, HIV positive. positive, and it's a very big deal. We've talked about this before earlier in the season, uh-huh. um, probably when we did Pro Stars. uh and that's really the only time we get to talk about sports, and uh, it was a huge, huge deal. But it's not necessarily a scandal until people make it one. Yes, and then uh, a lot of people came out and said, "Well, if he's HIV positive." and I'm on the court with him, I will automatically get eight.
0: Yeah. They, here's what they believed would happen. They believed that he would like fall down and cut himself. First of all, I, I don't know if you watch a lot of NBA listeners, but they don't get cut that much, okay? Or if Maybe you've ever
1: lived your life and walked around.
0: One time every few games, somebody will bleed a little bit, okay? And they started a policy where the second someone bleeds, they have to go off the court. Then, this is what they thought might happen you yourself would become cut somehow. Mm-hmm. And those cuts would crash into each other. And that's how you get HIV. Fellas, I promise you, that's not where basketball stars of the 90s were in danger <laughs> of getting <laughs> HIV. Honestly, I don't think that's the behavior that endangered a lot of these guys' lives, just playing beside Magic Johnson. Yeah, and Karl Malone was like, I'll, I just will not freaking play. if, if that's, so dumb. If that's what it takes. And Magic was still really, really, really good at this time um yeah this is a, an upsetting personal sports story because big laker fan and it like transcended that experience you know like everybody loves magic and when he got hiv it felt like i had known someone in my personal life who around the same time got hiv and it felt like a real pandemic and i felt like the world was, was starting to, to come undone
1: fuck you carl malone um, Plus, the news did a really good job of saying that this is a new thing instead of saying, yeah, this has been around yeah. for ten oh years." Oh man,
0: we just <laughs> heard about this. This is wow. Oh, uh, Mike, what do you have for my scandal pile? I'm out
2: of fun ones, Greg. Okay, uh, this event is in history books as the Tailhook scandal. Tail its scandal is in the name, and it it was there it used to be an annual naval conference like people and 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 uh, officers from the navy uh would go to tailhook and then have this giant whatever they do at conferences but uh on the third floor of tailhook hotel uh they called it the gauntlet and just brutalized uh men and women and sexually assaulted a bunch of people uh and then hit it and then one woman who was also in the navy spoke up about it and bafflingly enough because this often doesn't happen so many people lost their jobs but uh, there the are trials. A lot of people lost their careers. The tailhook scandal, uh, very fucked up, very sad, but you know, rare military justice.
0: You know what it was? Um, the playbook had not been written yet for just deny, n- deny nonstop. That, like, when they present – I mean, uh, Shaggy had not released his hit song yet. Like, mm. you were – it was <laughs> – and the playbook was probably invented by Bill Clinton, right? Which is you just keep saying, That's, I, no, I didn't. I, like, as they bring out evidence, no, I didn't. Right. And so this was back when people could actually be shocked and shamed. In ninety one, the word the words tail hook were huge. And so Mike. It's not a fun one, but it was like a huge scandal of that year. And it uh it proved that even if you were in the Navy, uh you still weren't necessarily part of the like really establishment unless you were a dude. Well, thankfully, Sexual assault in the
2: military stopped after that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Then we've really gotten the military completely straightened out. Never an issue again. Not a whole bunch of weird different things going on in the military all the time. So our fun, flirty scandals from 91 (laughs) are, uh, okay, this one's not fun, and I I don't want to be glib about it. Mike Tyson convicted of rape. Uh, Tail hook, uh, a whole bunch of people losing their jobs for various sexual assaults. But then, kind of in the fun category- Pee Wee Herman, abusing himself in a uh, public theater. And uh, (laughs) this is my favorite one. Julia Roberts runs away from Kiefer Sutherland. Really such a good move, Julia. I mean, maybe not done the best way, but really such a good idea. When we come back, we return to talking about Terminator 2. (laughs) Well, that is very, very funny. Or very sad and perhaps now you have something to think about. Or very problematic, and perhaps we have something to think about. But in any event, I'm sure you have some reaction to what you're listening to. So why not check us out on the social media? You can go to Instagram or Twitter and find us at your pop filter. Email contacts at your pop filter. Hey everybody, keep watching them movie. Edward Furlong's performance was hard for anyone other than 12 year old girls to handle back in 1991 and greg i i was pretty much obsessed with him how has it aged what about arnold linda hamilton joe morton and the breakout role for robert patrick james cameron is not known for getting incredible performances out of his actors but how did he do here
1: i think that james cameron is a storyteller yes mm-hmm. i think uh, i was thinking this morning that james cameron might now, be now we
0: love james cameron right like we're we're, we're like Maybe one day he'll be in the Hall of Fame.
1: I think so. Like especially after this rewatch, like I think there's so much less to make fun of, and I sort of enjoy the things that we make fun of.
2: Right, and I think it's remembering his old career. I've have never, will never see Avatar, old or new. Well, Uh, how punk rock, Mike? Are you sure that it's been so long? You know why so long?
0: You know why you should see Avatar? Because the experience of Avatar leaves your brain as soon as you leave the theater. I have never had a movie that had like less of like a memory implant. It's the cotton candy of movies. Yes, dude. You, you, it doesn't it matter if
2: you have as a stance. It was just like, it, and then it fell out of well, you pop know culture.
1: Matters, what? but here's how I will recommend it: If you have seen every other James Cameron movie, just watch it. Just watch it. Be a completist. Like that's true. I even used g- to own who? The Abyss. Who gives a fuck? And I love The Abyss. Dude, oh, the my abyss God. Rocks. The Abyss the fucking abyss, is abyss, abyss. The Abyss is dope as shit. The Abyss is real. What are we talking about? The Abyss. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 the Abyss. <laughs> oh, but I compare him a lot to Pixar in that I am going to use the best effects possible mm-hmm. to tell the simplest story. Yeah. And I'm going to uh, right. not redefine how stories are told, but reinforce how stories should be told yes. by using the effects. And I watched the director's cut, and it was so very clearly what was cut is what was cut because they weren't simple james cameron things of Mm. they move from here to here to here to here and that is how a story should work that's how pixar did it that's how dad did it and that's how (laughs) james cameron does it well it it feels almost like he is a
2: technologist or a scientist who just happens to work in the movies like his interest is in pushing graphics inside like more and more and more. He went to the Marianic Trench. Like he was the first solo person to do that. Like yeah. he he just happens to be like, well, scientists don't make money. Yeah. I'm going to do what I want and push technology forward while making movies. So
1: yeah, yeah, I'll push Mike, technology forward, Mike. We're two minutes into the segment and we have not. <laughs> like we are very seriously d- avoiding the question yeah, I guess the
0: co- the question is not James Cameron is he right. a great director or James Cameron, what are he that?' Strengths? being said the question takes as as a for as for granted it takes that he's not he doesn't get the best performances we've seen mm-hmm. out of his actors, but does that hold true for this, and who is it true for? Or who is it not true for? I think I, it's
1: good
2: i, I was I, if we want to talk about good first i I do think Linda Hamilton and Joe Morton I think crush what is asked for them joe morton has a pretty thankless role and i think elevates it because he is a joe co-in-actor. morton is the psychiatrist
0: he is uh miles dyson miles
2: dyson no he's the guy who finds out he invents the thing to destroy oh yeah that guy. yeah and it, it unlike most of the rest of the movie he doesn't say hey you're a crazy bitch he starts crying even yeah. though he is like shot he is now more worried about what he will do
0: in a in a movie of a lot of big performances doesn't his just like his acting chops isn't he more of an entertainer than almost any other I actor mean, in the movie oh,
1: miles dude. dyson has a really like under but often uh, repeated performance of dude, <laughs> I, st-
0: I still breathe like that like if i'm nervous i still go like because <gasps> 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 it's a really good way to calm myself down because i just remember him and i'm like just be like him dying i guess yeah blowing just explode up. yourself i don't know just it's, yourself, it's, it's very hero? calming
2: no, he I I think he, he elevates that role so much. And then Linda Hamilton, again, watching this, I'm even more mad at the sequels that they dropped her. But and I know she shows up eventually.
1: But Linda Hamilton for me is super off and on yeah. because she is both the best and asked to do the worst. I'm not gonna say that she does the worst. I'm gonna say that. Her narration so often. Dude, okay. voice voiceover blows.
2: Right. Okay. Uh,
1: but I, I, like, I don't want to generalize and say that all voiceover blows. No, no, no. No. This, this is Harrison Ford level of poorly delivered. That's what this is. Delivered. Okay, <laughs> that's
0: exactly what this is. This but is no, Harrison Ford in Blade Runner. I like
1: I'm doing this against my will. I don't think it's poorly delivered. I think that she is playing Sarah Connor in this moment. Yeah. I'm thinking that James Cameron is nervous about his themes being missed. Uh-huh. I think that she is – because, like, I mean, that's literally what it is, though, right? They did focus
0: testing, and then there was, like, two elements that the audience didn't understand, and so they added in the character being like, hey, guys, um, just between you and me, here's what's going on. Maybe
2: the robot's the best dad.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Chris, come on. But that's part of it, too, is that as Terminator becomes the best parent for John, Sarah becomes the Terminator. Mm. Yeah. And there's, like, this mix right about before, like, when they get to Uncle Enrique's house, you know, Sarah becomes... I'm on a mission. There's nothing that will stop me. And the Terminator's like, why do you cry? I'm actually interested. Yeah. And so when they cross roles, Sarah is delivering those lines. Or Linda Hamilton is delivering those lines in like a good performance. It's the fact that they're there. Rumors it, for the lines themselves are shitty. It's, Yo, we got it, dude. Yeah, We, got, no, no, we understand right. what's happening well, in the and movie. If
0: you wrote your movie to have a lot of voiceover, so that it's a thing that happens frequently, that's one thing. That's a that's a Election. device I could see. Election
2: uses voiceover right. perfectly.
0: But if there's just like a couple of moments in the movie where there's suddenly one of the characters is just talking over the audio, that's a weird experience as the viewer to be like, "Oh, she's talking now. Okay, that's <laughs> cool. She's just like, <laughs> I would, I want to be over there. We went yeah, on like forty five minutes." She's without sitting. her talking <laughs> she's and what she's doing at this time is she's staring at uh John Connor and the Terminator interacting mm-hmm. and then it cuts back to her and she's like yeah I like this and then it cuts back to them and they're being very like fatherly and sonly together and then it cuts back to her like the filmic language is telling you yeah. what
1: she's thinking there you don't need yeah, her to be like like it could have been that she could have not so, yes. unless that sh- they were going to force it into her POV, like the movie is now Sarah from now on from here on out, but it wasn't right. it's not that because Sarah became the Terminator. we're still only on John and uh, Arnold's side, so yeah. like they're forcing this in there, and then the most egregious well, I think that the thing in the middle where you know John didn't have a dad, but Terminator might be a dad, that's the most <laughs> egregious yeah but I would say the second most egregious <laughs> right. is at the end, where we have a very corny but still worked totally of, uh, I cannot self-terminate. And <laughs> then he gets Lower sent. Lower me down. I, I can only put a thumbs up yeah. right before I <laughs> yes, die. Yes,
0: dude. Uh, and in then, 91, we were not sure
1: that the thumbs up was like a dorky thing No, to no, it was super cool. Yeah, it dude, just, they
0: do a lot of that at Top Gun, like firing off thumbs
1: up <laughs> to one another. And it's such a good ending. But then we have... As I travel down the road, uh, I see that the future is blackness.
0: You know what they're afraid of? They were afraid that at the end of the movie, the audience would be like, well, did they, does that still happen? Does the future change? <laughs> and so she has to be like, Okay, honeys, listen. We're not saying what what two things happen. We're saying that it's like it's
1: uncertain, right? You guys ever been in a movie theater with Greg's lowest common denominator of human, and they just <laughs> yes. say this shit out loud? What? It's awful, dude. Uh, it's yeah, always a, in a middle going
2: change. Like, someone was like, I don't know, that was pretty racist, and I heard <laughs> their friend was like, Well, yeah,
0: what? <laughs> but uh, before we get off this topic, Eddie Furlong kind of a disaster I mean this is not it's, this is not an acting kid they like found him at a rec center and they were like they liked his look so they put him in the
1: movie also uh, his voice was uh, like yes. he was coming into puberty the entire movie and that's that's rough for any kid there's some stuff that like didn't bother me as much he has a mm-hmm. really big laugh line in this movie uh, when, when somebody asks him how many cops are out there and he says all oh. of them and yeah. like that <laughs> yeah, was really well delivered hell yeah well,
0: dude, it's but, because
2: he's not trying. it's when they want him to be right. Bart Simpson yeah is when it's hideous it's they're like, be sassy, be very funny and it's not. it's when he is more natural, he's the best,
1: but there's another part where like all he was told to do at was like best. look at look at Terminator and then look out in the distance.' Yeah. And you can see him like when I dance, when I ha- when I'm dancing choreographed dance, one, and you two, can three, see me one, two, thinking of every <laughs> step throughout. You can see him like he is just not a natural actor.
0: Acting right. is so fucking hard. <laughs> like we complain so much about actors on this movie. We should occasionally on this show. We should occasionally say acting is so hard. And, and that's one we're thing best, that's re- so we're loud. That's that's one thing that's really hard. It's just like wh- how do, do people what's... like look at each other and then look off into the distance? It's... What do I do with my hands?
2: Uh... <laughs> I, I it, he did not have to do nearly as much, but I do think having Budnick, we meet Eddie Furlong the same time we a see a and Budnick crushes it. And we <laughs> yeah. talked about how much better he like hey, Mike. Never he have a been, ginger with a mullet. I never have. Mike. <laughs> That's uh, why we became friends.
1: Don't real quick. I do want Mike. to go over um, because we'll get to Arnold, or we don't need to. But uh, Bobby Pat, uh, yes. I. This is such a thankless role because he's a robot, but in a much different way than Arnold. It's almost mm-hmm. like the the 800 to the 1,000 is also in acting. You know, yeah, like, right. he is more able to confuse humans than Ar- Arnold because is it's stuck. his job to imitate humans. Yeah, right. Arnold so, is stuck yeah. here. Is like, I just don't like this. But, uh, they made
0: me have this accent for yeah, some reason. Like,
1: <laughs> this is our robot talk. <laughs> but, uh, it's not the tumor. <laughs> but the way he, Brank. like, goes up to... <laughs> <laughs> the, the way... You know what, Greg? Give yourself two more. <laughs> Bread. uh Bread. The way he goes up to uh, Eddie Furlong's parents mm-hmm. and just convinces them, but it's not normal, but it's not scary. Like, the way that he is just focused on one thing, the way that he keeps his head down, and mm. also based on listening to the commentary, the way that he runs, like, in the commentary they said, Eddie, you have to get on that bike and you have to fucking bust out ass out of this parking lot or he will catch you and then they told the stunt driver that and they're like there's no way he's gonna catch me and robert patrick put his head down and did the <laughs> t1000 round <laughs> that came and, that and robot. the stunt driver was it's like, horrifying 10 seconds later there was a tap on my shoulder because he was fucking behind <laughs> me well that's yeah to, to
2: figure out how to be a different kind of robot and so it, it's not just the blend in with humanity a little better it's that T-800 is emotionless, right? And we watch him learn how the, this is, the T-1000 hates humans. Yes. And that is suddenly emotionless.
1: everything he does, and it's awesome. That's not emotionless. When he, uh, when Sarah, like, almost kicks him into the lava. And God, then he comes just... back and he does that wavy finger thing. That's uh, not emotionless. Like no. there, he is and that getting, ruins his life. That's the end of his him. life.
0: If he had just like like shot as a big liquid towards her as a spear yeah. or something, he might not have died. But because he took the time to do he that, Yeah, in him. yeah.
1: Robert Patrick, I think is in, an incredible find in this movie. And then also to give birth to Peacemaker.
0: And under, I'm fucking underrated in X-Files. Let's face it. Let's I face mean, it. I mean, he had a great turn in X-Files. All when we he
2: just screamed Mulder to a shadow who ran away.
0: <laughs> when we come back, it's trivia time. Trivia. You heard the robot. It's time for Trivia. Let me read the entire question, ring in, by saying your name. I decide if you're right or wrong. I'm the judge. All right. What did Robert Patrick train himself to do to appear more ominous while running in the film? Ryan. Ryan. Uh, Arms? Armwork? Mike, what was your answer? Looking down? No, uh, it was uh, he taught himself to only breathe through his nose when he runs so that he didn't have to be like, (laughs) 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 but like, (laughs) Okay, cool. That's good. Uh, The Terminator doesn't breathe at all, so it doesn't matter where you breathe. It's wrong. Uh, (laughs) What about Edward Furlong made filming over time very difficult? Ryan. Ryan. His voice changed. Puberty. uh, Puberty came and grabbed this kid and, like, put a foot on him. So, like, uh, they had to, like, dig holes in the ground so that he would not be too tall. He sprang up, and his voice changed, which is why... Half of his lines are
1: obviously... Well, he's not Edward for short. (laughs) Um, Ryan.
0: That's why, like, half his lines sound like they're done by, like, a woman. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of ADR in this. What part of his body did Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger hurt while cocking that shotgun in that cool way in the riverbed scene? Mike. Mike. Shoulder. Not shoulder, Ryan. Fingies. His fingies... Ryan. Apparently they didn't want to let him wear a glove and he kept getting his like skin trapped in the mechanism oh. and they had to keep doing it and it was a really complicated shot.
1: Also I heard that uh, at one point for a shot he picked up the wrong gun. It was the wrong type of shotgun so that it didn't cock that way and but he went to and all of his fingers just shattered.
0: Oh my god. Christ. Uh, Carla co-studio executives were nervous and concerned when the original budget of the movie was $75 million, but then ballooned up to $88 million. And they proposed cutting what scene to keep costs down?
1: Ryan. Ryan. I'm going to say the the nuclear holocaust scene. That's a
2: really good guess, Mike. Mike, uh, where he, Robbie Patz walks through the jail
0: bars. No, okay, that's a really good guess, too. The answer is the scene where Arnold Schwarzenegger walks naked through the biker bar. How are you going to save money on that? <laughs> That's, like, that
2: was a $12 million scene.
0: Why cut that? Like Both of you came up with much better <laughs> cost-effective, let's cut out the part where it's just him naked. No. You don't Obviously, even have a close budget. Also, no. don't cut
1: that scene because then Greg will go, no. <laughs> oh,
0: dude. No matter what your sexual orientation is, part of the reason you go to see an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie is to like look at his body. So don't take out the only scene where he's got the goods on display. What amounted to three and a half minutes of screen time, but cost five and a half million dollars and eight months to produce. Ryan. Mike. Ryan.
1: Oh shit! Uh, I'm gonna. Hmm. I'm gonna say the uh, 2029 scene. The Mike? intro.
0: Mike,
2: i uh, I was the, the Capri Sonnage of T one thousand.
0: Yeah, it's uh, all of the effects for a T one thousand amount to three and a half minutes of screen time. Wow. Took eight months to produce, uh, and cost five and a half
1: million dollars. Wait, what does Capri Sunnage mean? Like looks like uh, he looks like a, the,
0: <laughs> looks like a the, delicious the, Capri Sun.
2: The Capri Sun commercials at the time, the kids would drink it and turn it into T one thousands and like <laughs> go through sewers and have fun. Yeah.
0: This was so influential. Like I mean, Carnage, the combo character probably uh-huh. only exists because of this. Alex Mack. Uh, What was Arnold Schwarzenegger given by a producer for agreeing to be in the movie to help seal the deal? Ryan. Ryan. The Harley. That's such a good answer. uh, Mike? Mike. The sunglasses. Okay. That's a less good answer. A airplane. He was given a Gulfstream 3 airplane. Man, being rich is crazy. (laughs) I couldn't imagine having the kind of- I don't have an airplane. Ryan, could you imagine what would happen to you financially if somebody gave you an airplane? I would
1: would be bigger up with him.
0: (laughs) The, the
1: amount they eat alone. Yeah. <laughs> you have to feed so much lettuce into the mouths of airplanes.
0: Um. Okay. What did Linda Hamilton learn to do with a paperclip for this role? Ryan. My Ryan.
1: She would uh, not. She she would not let me- movie magic unlock that lock for her when she was trapped in the hospital. Yeah.
0: She wanted to really pick because she lock. was fucking awesome. Linda Ryan. Hamilton. Yeah. There's a reason why Linda Hamilton's like I just want my character to be crazy. <laughs> That's the only thing I demand. I'm not that good at Actress where I could hide it. (laughs) What was going on across the street the same night the biker bar scene was
1: filmed? Ryan. Ryan. Okay, so allegedly, and Greg, I don't know if this is true, but allegedly you can see the filming of Terminator 2 in the beginning of the Rodney King beating video.
2: Holy shit. Is that
1: true? Yeah,
0: across the street from where they were filming. Rodney King, like, on that same night, was being beaten by the LAPD. And Almost ended
2: up in the scandals, in the speed round scandals. <laughs>
0: how did yeah. it
1: not? Yeah, I... Pre- was that 90? No, it was 91. It was? Mm, okay, we did a bad job. We messed up. Well, we did... Once again, we've done a bad job.
0: <laughs> um, how many hours did Arnold Schwarzenegger's damaged Terminator makeup take to put on? Mike. Mike? S- nine and a half.
1: Ryan? Uh, nine is not a number. Uh, <laughs> Very true. I, Ryan. I was going to say, uh, zero minutes because it's clearly not his head. It's clearly Stan Winston's head getting smashed in, <laughs> but I'm going to say Mike said nine and a half. I will go with six.
0: Ryan, Just a, just a scotch under. It was five. What animal did Robert Patrick, uh, imitate for his head movements as the T-1000? Mike. Mike. Uh, sneak. Not a snake, Ryan. Meerkat. Not a Meerkat, it was a bald eagle. Bald eagle. Is that bald a bald eagle? Is that a little on the nose? Is that a little bit too much? That it's, America. It's is fucking the, American as <laughs> <to> shit. <laughs> it is American as shit. Very good. Ryan. And you both Mike. Do you
2: guys historically do you think this is the first movie to say A Carb?
0: You know R Cab? R Cab. Yeah, well, I think I, I think that it's 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 just a fuck authority message, but I think it's very interesting that the bad guy takes on the demeanor of a like it takes on the appearance
1: while the our hero dresses like a criminal biker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, 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 and our antagonist dresses like a cop.
0: Yeah, and keep in mind that like if. Uh, if John Connor had just submitted to authority at any point in this movie, he would have died. Yeah. Right. So like if he had any point had gone to the cops for, and that's what Lyndall Hamilton does in the the first movie, right? Uh, Sarah Connor goes to the police right away. Like a good eighties American citizen. Uh, Go uh, cool. Cool. Step into this prison cell. And yeah, that does not work out too well for her. So Uh, what sound did they use for the foley of Arnold Schwarzenegger's iconic shotgun? Ryan. Ryan. A shotgun. Not a shotgun, a <laughs> cannon. The, oh. The, the, as was a, a, the case for a lot of movies at this time, the Foley is a little bit over the top in this, and mm. so all the gun sounds are so extra, including his shotgun is replaced with a, with two different cannon sounds, and that's cannon. Um, how long before the movie's release did the teaser trailer for the movie come out? Mike. Mike. Two years.
1: Ryan. Ryan, one year.
0: One calendar year. If you were nine, (laughs) how long is one year?
1: Ryan. Ryan. Uh, I would say, based on my mathematics, and I'm punching it into my computer right now, that is uh, about six and a half or seven years. Dude.
0: Ryan. I can remember sitting in the theater and seeing the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun dun 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 and then it's you're like, there to see like a
1: bambi yeah revival. i'm there to yeah. see
0: some stupid shit that i as soon as this preview started i had completely forgotten it was probably like one of these steven seagal or, or van damme movies that we were just making fun
1: of i don't know if you already answered this Greg, but did you know when you saw the t2 preview did you know that terminator was a thing
0: no no i mean maybe like i was like always looking at the video covers yeah. at, at the store. Yeah. i probably was most kind of, of our aware. movie
1: awareness was video boxes in the video <laughs> yeah
0: right Uh, and so then, then that preview happens where they're like constructing an Arnold Schwarzenegger Terminator. And I was like, my family used to always talk about like, are we going to see this movie? We like give a thumbs up if we wanted to thumbs down. Oh, when it (laughs) said the next summer, I thought I was going to (laughs) cry. So my next question to you is, is that fair to do to nine year old Greg Mike? No, so no. unfair to
2: do to nine-year-old like, Greg.
0: That was so unfair. I can't tell you how long that year was. Like,
1: If, if there was a uh, Spider-Man trailer yes. for me now that said coming out in five years, I would be like, cool, I'm not going to think about that yeah, for five like, years at all. I could like, do that's, that so easy. Like, that will be here in no time. Right. Yeah. If you're nine one year from now, that is a fucking lifetime.
2: Growing up in Orange County, I thought Disneyland was two hours away. And yeah. we drove there all the time because it was the <laughs> longest car ride in the world. Everything's forever to kids.
0: We know that every Terminator uh, after the first one had a gimmick, and the only good gimmick, of course, was metal was metal or liquid metal Terminator. Uh, there was also like electricity Terminator. Female what would, Terminator. what would you, a female <laughs> Terminator? <the> <laughs> a Terminator with curves. Uh, what would your Terminator gimmick be,
1: Ryan? Ryan, this Terminator. Gets a lot of people on board his side because he has a podcast.
0: <laughs> All right, <laughs> podcast. Mike, what would yours Mike, be? Mike,
2: uh, surfing. Surfing Terminator. Surfing Surfinator. Terminator. Surfinator.
0: <laughs> Mike. Surfing Terminator, of course. If Mike were a Terminator, then he would be a big-time surfer. When we come back, more conversation about this,
1: our greatest movie. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called YourPopFilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie. Everything is there at YourPopFilter.com. While you're there, go to YourPopFilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and movie of the year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's superhero show show, that's movie of the year, and that's your popfilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Does this movie have anything to say about technology
0: and humanity's reliance on it? Or are robots just cool and scary? Is there a message in this movie?
1: I think there's a million messages in this movie, Mike. But I want to talk to you about how many of them are subtle and well-delivered. Mm-hmm. And how many of them are, all right, shut the fuck up, movie.
0: Message time, it's- idiots.
2: <laughs> I do think that it, it might be Mr. Burn disease case where there's too many messages so none of them come out clearly. Mike. So it doesn't... Because you could argue like, yeah, clearly if this kind of movie, it has to be like technology. But it actually, I don't think it, I don't think this movie cares about technology and how we relate to it at all. I
0: I think it's about how it's such a complicated relationship between the two, though. Isn't it that how we rely on some of it, but we become over-reliant
1: on... And back when we were talking about, when I was talking about Steven Spielberg in Jurassic Park and getting points for that yeah remember that right the question of we know that we could but we don't know if we should i think that comes up a lot of like we have to move we have to move forward we have to go downhill with all technology and mm. miles dyson is faced with this one thing that literally no technical person zuckerberg or whoever has ever thought about before of like You led to the destruction of society, and we're in the room with you right now. How do you deal with that? And I I like his reaction.
2: I I love his reaction, but it doesn't feel like, I don't know, it it doesn't feel like, and because of technology, where where Jurassic Park does feel like, how far should scientists go? Coulda, shoulda, woulda. And this is just like, if you knew what your actions would do, would you still do it more than technology? It felt more fate. For me,
0: it's a lot more the intersection of technology and authority i think that this movie is really against almost any type of like established right. authority and oh, that for sure should... or fascism like can we the, take it a step further
2: I, uh, I yeah the cops are awful the company even in miles who works there he's like they never told us where these came from they told us not to ask like so it is like secrets and authority are bad yeah but, More like, than,
1: uh, but while miles is saying that he's like so i'll destroy it i guess like He's a little bit like he knows what the right thing is. He yeah, knows the right. difference between right and wrong, but he's still a little like, "Fuck, man!" Like, I think this it's is my entire life. We we always exactly it's
0: his entire life, and also because we always have the hope that we can use technology to make our right. lives better and not to make it worse. You know, I mean, like the 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 idea of like the birth of an AI should be a beautiful thing, right? But. Mm-hmm instead <laughs> uh, 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 <laughs> i don't think so <laughs> um instead it, it's a nightmare but think of the way the like vehicles in this are so lovingly shot and that's the thing and that's why i brought up the, the vehicles earlier because they're not the cars of the ultra rich they are like everyday working people mm-hmm. family vehicles and the way they're shot is loving and like, it no, reminded me of uh, Drive My Car, like, the way that car is shot. It's with a lot of love and care, and not because this is a high-performance vehicle, but because it's technology in the service of the things that we care about.
1: And no matter what, we we think about how T-1000 can do insane things, but he can't recreate this. This yeah. thing that gets us from place to place. Like, look how much we depend on vehicles throughout this entire movie. And T-1000, as great as he is, can't do this. He can't chase us down, you know, like... Even if he's in a helicopter, the helicopter has its own, like, uh, you know, setbacks where like it can't chase down. The uh and uh Team One Thousand is always in a semi truck for some reason. He always finds like a big cabin to be in. Well, that's because well, he's always has a semi.
0: <laughs> but see, that's interesting. Yeah, he's always in like a semi truck. Or at one point, he's in a in a truck that Because he goes tr- for like
1: the biggest, grossest, uh, uh, most masculine thing. And then, but no, like if I'm on this little bike, then I just get away from you. Even though it's like a 100 cc bike that a grown right. man can chase down. <laughs> <laughs> or. <laughs> Or the, the you know the truck with the house on it, like I really do think that truck is very important in the movie. Of like, yeah. we uh, if you get off the right off ramps, then this house truck will beat the semi truck.
0: What is it saying about like motherhood, it, or maybe is it specific to motherhood, or is it about parenting?
1: I yeah, I, I I thought that this was a little bit full housey in that moms don't matter as long as you have three dads. <laughs> It's right. just that, like, but
2: she no, she matters so much because we learn that Eddie Furlong has all these badass skills because she basically the movie says prostitute herself out to different crazy ex military dudes so he could learn all these skills to become a general. And so would he have become the John Connor? Sacri- Mike? No, because she sacrificed her. V- Actual body and then her freedom and her fuck fuck dudes for yes that's yes John
0: says that to Budnick but John John's opinion is that she got with a with different groups of with different guys because they had different skill sets that she wanted to learn because you have to remember she's so badass in this movie but if you watch the first movie she's a waitress who lives with her Mm -hmm. best friend and is silly and is like eighteen years old like she's a kid in the first movie
1: in the first movie she like. She never changes out of that like Marie Calendar's waitress dress. Like she's in that pink. She's always ready to serve pie.
0: Her bangs, just her bangs, are like the mark of entire innocence. (laughs) Like she's just like such a a little soft thing. And the idea was that she changes herself so much. Yeah, in sacrifice of John, right? But it prevents her from being like the stereotypical
1: mother to him, right? But also, wouldn't you?
0: To, to keep him alive? To
1: protect your child and to and, and you know for a fact humanity. that the humanity is going to end. Yeah. Wouldn't you do all of this stuff? And you
0: would, and that's the thing. And then her character, the question is, what does that do to you? Because she has she mm. sacrifices herself. And she essentially, <laughs> right. like Mary, sacrifices her son. She knowingly kind of sacrifices her son. Not that he dies at any point in these movies that I'm aware of, but she knows that she like is giving up his childhood, so giving is, up his mental health. Is the most but wrong in,
1: part about this movie, the part where she does not, she cannot pull the trigger on Miles. Dyson. No, because
2: it's a crying kid. Yeah. And then she, she freaks the out and we'll sees break, the no relationship. Yeah, yeah be, It's not right. him and his wife crying. It's another kid. And then so she very quickly, and I think Hamilton does a great job showing it all on her face, extrapolates and makes all those connections. And a cloying voiceover
0: doesn't have to come Dude, in if like, she hadn't, I stopped. If she hadn't because... done it with her face, then she would have <laughs> just been like, hey, guess why I didn't kill these people? It's that kid. <laughs> That would be awesome
1: (laughs) if she started into a voiceover and uh, John Connor ran in and was like, Mom, stop! Stop Stop doing (laughs) voiceover! (laughs) We don't need it. (laughs) Speed round.
0: All right. How badly did you want to drink a Capri Sun during this movie?
1: Oh man, the, uh, I, I want to so bad. I'd, I like, I never have the opportunity, but I bet I would be so good at it now of like put, putting that fucking straw right through that fucking hole. Oh, oh.
0: bullseye! I honestly, <laughs> Ryan, I always just flip that bad boy in and just go. In oh, the really? Back. You're
1: just from the butt the
0: entire time? Uh, dude, I can't. Greg's always a butt guy. I cannot. I just can't get it in the other one. Um, who's the real hero of this movie? Ryan. Ryan. Is the uh, real hero of this movie, Mike, do you agree? <laughs> I, I think
2: the the, the Budnick, nothing would happen <laughs> without him. So Ryan is the real hero of this movie. You're burnt.
1: I am going to I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give this point to Stephanie, my wife. But uh while we were watching it, she pointed out that uh this is the first movie she's ever seen where the kid, the Robin to the Batman is mm. the mentor. Yeah. And the Batman is like the hero Why? and so it is Terminator but sort of through John Connor who teaches him how to do it. That's fucking yeah. that. You add the That's kid. Smart.
2: She should be on the show instead of you.
1: <laughs> but it,
0: I, I think it's miles. Okay. Why explain self-sacrifice he, he, if that yeah. if you love oh, that dude. so much,
1: why don't you self-sacrifice right now?
2: He gives up his life's work in an evening because yeah. these crazy people come in. He believes him right away because he already has, you know, like qualms with his company. And then he is the only character. He's the only main character who dies in this movie. Uh and he interesting to think to about to what
0: you, what's what's different about Miles that he mm-hmm. might be the only <laughs> we'll to character the to awards, die. Craig. We'll get to that in the
2: awards, Greg. We'll get to that in the awards. <laughs> but we didn't talk
1: about that though. Like the craziness of saying you can't kill anybody, Arnold Schwarzenegger, if you sign on to this movie. That was a big deal. Like yeah. you must only walk through rooms and shoot people in knees. Yeah. Which is still Hilarious a fantastic though. scene. <laughs> dude.
0: Yeah. Also, how funny is it to have that minigun and be up on like the third story of that building firing down and you can't kill anybody? Yeah. He didn't even <laughs> accidentally get one of yeah. those guys.
1: Trust me, no. Trust, no. <laughs> I'm Thanks, not going to uh, trust you. In,
2: in Dark Knight Returns, the comic, when Batman unloads on an army and then there's just a little voice thing
0: or a caption that says, rubber bullets. <laughs> <laughs> have no fear. These are just rubber bullets. I say the real hero of this movie is, is supposed to be John Connor, but I want it to be Linda Hamilton so bad. Mm-hmm. And I wish they had just had it be that she shoots him with the shotgun off the thing yeah. into the, like, just let her have it. Like, let it, yeah, be her. it's okay.
1: That, that's, I think a sign of the times of like, well, but Arnold's the star. I mean, he
0: had died. Yeah. They had to call Arnold Schwarzenegger on Christmas to he was going to have Christmas with Bruce Willis. And instead he had to go to do reshoots. <laughs> To film scenes explaining why
1: his dead character we had
0: come back to save the day.
1: We need to have a true crime podcast called "Christmas with Bruce Christmas Willis." With Bruce, like Willis.
0: Like <laughs> uh, Bruce Willis residents, I can't come to Christmas. I'm Bruce sorry. <laughs> Christmas. No, don't say it, man. This, oh, it's crazy. Ah, oh, Lee Franco out in L.A. Yeah, uh, come out for Christmas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's just always like that. <laughs>
0: All right. Well, that is the end of speed round. I am going to add up these scores. I'm gonna wait. No, we got awards to do. Fuck that. We're gonna do awards when I come back, and then I'll <laughs> add up the scores because that's the way this show goes, or at least that's the way it went six weeks ago. The last time we made it. Awards. It was the only reason I did anything as a kid, just to get that sweet participation trophy. I demanded it of every adult. Hey, if I'm going to be in this event, you better give me a participation trophy. And hey, that's how I ruined everybody hey, else in my generation. What am I, fucking Greg? Give me a fucking participation hey, trophy. Did you, Or did you not see me participating? <laughs> give me a friggin' trophy, right? I'd be participating. Give me a trophy.
1: Uh, we need a podcast <laughs> spinoff called Lil Greg, and it's Lil a Saturday Greg. morning cartoon.
0: Yeah, and I'm just <laughs> going around demanding He's things. so sassy. Hey, I want 12 dozen donuts. It's- oh, give them to me right now. Lil Greg was
2: so New York.
0: I was hey. so New York. Man, I had lived a disproportionate amount of my life in New York three three months at a time. All right. But we are here to discuss awards. Let's start with the T2 specifics. In a movie full of badass moments, Ryan, what is the A number one?
1: Bassidist
0: Bad- moment in the movie.
1: I mean, this is like sifting through, what do you think, a thousand different moments?
0: Uh, it's kind of like a million uh, badass moments all stitched together. You know what, actually, together. Greg? Now
1: that I'm thinking about it, it might be a billion. It might be moments. as many... Googleplex. <laughs> it might be. Moments. No, Mike, don't take it. No. Yeah, Greg, come on, <laughs> Mike.
0: I think it's just oh. like a billion. I think that's where you cap it.
1: trillion? Uh, but <laughs>
0: okay, yeah, trillion, baby. Mike.
1: <laughs> Greg's a little trillion baby. <laughs> Mike ha
0: It makes me happy. It's a fun number, trillion.
1: Um. T T one thousand puts a fucking pointy finger right into not like Leonardo style where it just catches her shirt on the wall but it catches her shirt and skin on the wall. Greg, she now has one arm. Yeah. What is she to do? Except maybe do one of the most iconic things in action hero history, which is walk forward towards the person who is about to kill her son, cocking a shotgun with one hand the entire time and almost kill him if There wasn't somebody who was a bigger star than her at the time, but she almost got that motherfucker into the lava. It is Linda Hamilton, Sarah Connor cocking a shotgun with one hand,
0: one arm, like just barely like leaning up against the side of the thing. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, Chills. Literal chills. Mike, can you beat that?
2: Uh, mine is also Linda Hamilton because yes.
1: uh, that's the kind of podcast You're we are. You're each getting a point. Brian. Mine she, is also Linda Hamilton.
2: She uh, <laughs> drugs and chokes out the orderly who's a real monster and sneaks out and she is barefoot running down the hall and then she flips the baton yeah. for a way she could yeah. perfectly choke out or hit somebody with it. And i was just like, oh, why isn't this the whole movie? <laughs> you guys- I was,
0: she was carrying that nightstick down the hall and I was like looking at the nightstick. I was like, that's such a weird weapon. I don't think that does much. And then she swung it around so that <laughs> yeah. it was like protecting her from forearm and i was like yeah nightstick
1: <laughs> do you guys remember when she got licked in the face and you were like i'm so uh-huh. used to watch one of 19- the worst
0: moments of my life
1: i'm used to watching 1991 movies in 1990 or 1976 movies what year did we do 75 75 75 and like oh this guy's gonna get away with it and then linda hamilton beats no. the living shit the movie know. has nah, get away
0: with it. the movie has three seconds to be like okay listen this guy's gonna get knocked out but it's okay. And here's why.
1: We're love it. Look what he's doing here.
0: <laughs> See what a fucking creep he's being? Fuck this guy. It's
1: the perfect movie.
0: Ryan. I'm giving it to Ryan. That shotgun moment. Oh my God. Yeah. Every single time I'm like, she's going to kill the Terminator. Nah, dude. The movie actually just stays the same. Uh, next up, Mike. What is your favorite parody of something in T2?
2: First, one I thought of, and I it, it has to be it's Wayne's World. It's when Robbie Pats does the Have You Seen This Boy to Wayne's Garden. Have you seen garden.
1: this boy? <laughs> <laughs> and they scream and drive away.
0: <laughs> That's a good one,
1: Ryan. The, like, we I know we've already talked about this in this episode, but like, this is the most referenced, most parodied movie of all time. Yes. I still believe that
0: you could, like, put you could make. A, a version of this you movie could that's just reference. Yes.
1: yes. <laughs> uh, the just liquid metal alone. Yes. Is so much T two reference, but I am going to go with something that blew my mind. This is from a TV show that referenced Terminator two no less than twenty six times in its full run, but I am going to pick a time where Homer decided that he wanted to be friends with Ned Flanders. Oh well, yeah,
0: season five, maybe episode sixteen. <laughs>
1: what? And then chased his car and put. Ned Flanders golf clubs into the car. Neddy. <laughs> Neddy. And just uh as it chased down. Like that that was when I was like, I don't know what pop culture is capable of. Like this is too much for me. That right same now. episode. This is the Simpsons combining with Terminator two. These are the only two things I know to be true.
0: That same <laughs> episode has another Terminator two reference, which is and like the most gift part of Simpsons history, which is Homer emerging from the bushes to talk <laughs> yeah. that's like that's T that's like the T one thousand going through the bars. He what comes out of the bushes. can't hold all of that, Greg. I watched a a super clip of all of the Simpsons references to Terminator two.
1: Oh shit. Halfway
0: well, through it it left my era of watching The Simpsons and half of the references were from seasons I I no longer watched but the they Simpsons. Still, they but still continue still... to reference the movies that you grew up <laughs> they're on. They're still doing it. So Ryan. I'm gonna give that one to Ryan, even though you didn't mention the Bush part. I had to muse it, but that's okay. That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. Um, who has the best performance in this entire movie? Ryan.
1: Um I am going to take the hit here. I do think that like as many times, as many moments as Linda Hamilton has, where she is absolutely amazing. She also has to read those lines, and she is cheesy as fuck, whereas Bobby Pats is just good the entire time. I can't believe how committed to the role he is of, like, I'm a cop, and this is how they act. This is not how robots from the future act. This is how literal cops act. This is how they talk to people. He
0: looked at one cop for one second, and he totally understood the entire thing. This is how they
1: roll. I I have to give it to Bobby Pats.
0: All right, very good. Mike, do you agree, disagree, or neither? Neither. That's not possible. I don't know. <laughs> I abstain? What does neither mean?
2: Uh, I don't like that Ryan's argument also shat on my... I think it is Linda Hamilton. Mike. And when I say performance, I'm not saying the narration. I'm saying her actual on-screen Dude, performances.
0: I'm so down for that. I think there are times where you... Actors... However they narrate does not count as part of their performance. This
1: mm-hmm. is the Blade Runner theory? This really is, yes.
0: yeah. Because she has the same exact energy as Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford did not want to do those voiceovers and I swear Linda Hamilton didn't either.
1: Hey, bunch of Terminators running around. Yeah, look at this. Cool. <laughs> cool. Look at these fuckers.
0: These fucking guys suck. Look, they're in the trees.
1: Now they're not in the trees. That was a
0: fucking human skull. He just like yeah. sucked on it. That's, that's a person. That's really oh my bad. God. You know what do? we haven't
1: talked about? In the intro when it's just supposed to be credits, a fucking full-on Terminator School comes forward while flames are oh, in the Yes. How could yeah, you not be more pumped up for Dude. a movie? Duh, 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 duh.
0: Linda Hamilton. She wins it for me. Good job, Mike. How about director's signature moment? Mike? Uh, I'm going to
2: say the first time we see the T-1000 shift and how mind-blowing it had to be at that time when you've seen it, nothing has ever been like this. And this is, like I said earlier, this is this guy's bag. He actually just wants to be a dude who creates new technologies. He just happens to in movies and every one of his movies, he's just like, Oh, people don't do that. We're going to do it. We're going to invent new shit. Every
0: movie I fucking make, I feel like someone did a graphics demo and they're like, what we're really good at is like this weird liquidy stuff. And he was like, I have two different movie ideas. (laughs) 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 Thank you for showing this to me. I have to go make two different movies right now. So the, the, the the, first liquidy transition. Yeah. Ryan, what do you say? What's the director's signature moment?
1: I, I like I love James Cameron, and I really do think that like he has a spot in the pop filter hall of fame. His
0: last name's almost camera.
1: It's almost like <laughs> oh my goodness, right? Why not be lens camera? Greg. But I think it's um, the playground getting burnt. Like he still loves a little bit about like how. Hey, do you know what this movie's about? I just need to show you real quick, and this th- is like the most important part of the movie to him, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the amount, like this, the, uh, this playground was like once a playground that children were playing on, but now this playground, there's no more play. No. It's ground. It's just, <laughs> <or dismissal. laughs> just ground. <laughs> Right. and he loves that shit and he watches it burn he's like yes everyone will know what i'm doing finally in the movie and I'm just like bitch we knew what you were doing in the movie <laughs> the entire rest of the movie but he films like the little kid stuff getting burnt is just so james cameron and then all
0: blowing away as ash yeah Man, mm-hmm. kind of a weird departure i'm gonna go mike with mike on that because i feel like this is a guy who saw liquid stuff and was like Man, I know what I'm doing with my life. Uh, <laughs> Wait, Mike or James Cameron? I almost don't want to do this, but we have to because we hold each movie to the same standard, and it doesn't matter if you're Terminator 2 or Barry Lyndon, you're still getting the treatment. What's the cringiest moment from this movie, Ryan?
1: Oh, it's... I mean, I've talked about it multiple times. I sit at this table. I've been in this movie for 90 minutes. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> The robot is his dad, and yet I look at it more, and I must tell you, the audience, that the robot is acting more like his dad than any dad ever could. He's the dad. There is no dad. I've never seen a dad. Don't know who the dad is. Don't like robots. Don't. I hate Meanwhile, robots. Like, but he's the dad.
0: The guy from the first movie. Sorry, I died. Yeah. Sorry, I came back in time, save your life, and then fucking died. Yeah, because I'm a quirky English comedian. <laughs> Sorry,
1: my eyebrows are too big. <laughs>
0: Sorry, I can't keep these turkeys off my head. The only thing Mr. Bean's known for. And sure. Sorry, I can't
1: communicate. And I just go... R-r-r-r-r.
0: Who would win in a fight? Mr. Bean or Butterbean? Sound off, Ryan.
1: Oh, wow. Butterbean, Greg? <laughs> Probably Butterbean. That's a long... Is, and, is, is, but,
0: <laughs> is Butterbean okay?
1: I just going <laughs> Mr. Bean is <laughs> rude. He would not ask if Butterbean is okay. <laughs> you guys didn't watch the, uh, the director's cut of Terminator 2, where Sarah Connor said, I put a giant turkey on his head. He did not die. He fought <laughs> through it. He is the best father. But, but man,
0: Butterbean knocked him out. He this did was, that
1: This was all shit that you put in a script to be cut. Yeah, to be, yes. to be cut. You will, gotta cut something. You, as, if you are an astute viewer
0: of cinema, you will literally cringe <laughs> when this stuff happens. Mike, what do you got for if me? If
1: you've seen uh, what's that eighty-five war movie? Come away with me. Come and see. Come and see. If you've seen come come and see, or listen to movie of the year. You're an astute viewer of cinema, yeah. and you know that this is stupid bullshit. Yeah.
0: you, you if, if you're a viewer and you don't understand what's going on in the movie, it's because that's a good movie. Okay? <laughs> yes. If you understand everything that happened, that's a bad movie. And for my citation on that, movie of the year. <laughs> <laughs> Mike what had you cringing?
2: It's it's I know this might be too oak for broke but it's realizing that Joe Morton is the only character who dies He's the only and it's
0: just fucking like, main mm. character that dies So that means every time you watch a movie and there and someone dies in the movie just ask yourself was that a black character He's
1: also the smartest bestest scientist Okay
0: yeah.
2: he's the smartest bestest scientist but which this, is awesome but he, the cops run in and just shoot him in the back right away and it went too real I don't want that here and then him he up. dies
0: Like I think there should be a coordinator on every single movie and their only job is to figure out whether or not the script accidentally has a person of color as yeah, the first. It might happen accidentally. Stop. There, the, And it takes this movie until its second hour, but it still creates this sin. It still <laughs> has the first character that matters who dies is a black guy. The
1: what movie, the hell? The movie goes out of its way to say we will literally not kill people. We're oh, not going to kill wait, wait, anybody. Wait, that guy.
0: Oh, that guy. <laughs> Hang on, get it. Shoot that guy a bunch. All right, we got him. Mike. I'm sorry, Terminator 2. That is the most frustrating thing about you. I can't believe that that happens. Well, I am spent. (laughs) Yeah, dude, that was a lot. (laughs) And there's almost nothing to do now. But lick our wounds, count our points, and talk about how far we think this movie can go in our 1991 bracket. Well, I know one thing about this movie and one thing about this episode. (laughs) That's a classic right there. And then also (laughs) Barton Fink because I have fat fingers. So, um, yeah, think about it, though. Like, uh, I can play two of these at the same time, and I mean something slightly different. Hey, Um,
1: Skrillex, make a song out of that. Where are you, bud?
0: (laughs) Where where have you been? A nation cries out for you. Before we get down to the nitty-gritty of who won, who lost, and who's sad, uh, how about some recommendations? Does anybody have any recommendations for if you like Terminator Two, you might enjoy what? Mike Terminator Three? Do you think? No, Rise of I the Machines. Rise of the
2: Machines, Ryan. I think you will not like Rise of the Machines. It's actually not that bad. It's fine. It's, it's fine. just not. It's it's the best of the sequels
0: okay should okay. i way anyway, so after terminator 2, should i watch I, oh no
2: no i mean should it, i watch it as a fan sure. yeah. yeah no it's well it, that's i after what th- this got me so pumped i was like should i go back and watch like the sarah Cro- Con- connor chronicles like i want more of this shit it's but hard. i don't want to watch the fucking christian bale one
0: you see like linda hamilton and arnold schwarzenegger on the cover and your hand just starts going for it you're like maybe i ought to watch this no be strong.
1: Do I was on the Edward Furlong Wikipedia today, and it said that he was recast as John Connor for T3 because he was addicted to drugs and fat. Oh, <laughs> I mean,
2: the guy who they got is skinny.
1: But also a
2: criminal. Is he? <laughs> yes. He doesn't look like bad he cool
0: wavy hair though. Bad folks. Mike, what's your recommendation? I'm gonna say if
2: you if you want an interplay of human and machine. Uh, Check out Ex Machina.
0: Oh, hell yeah. I love that. Uh, the comic or Mike, the movie? Alex Garland in the house?
2: Alex Garland, Oscar Isaac, Domhnall Gleeson, Alicia Vikander. Killer cast. It's great. Go check that. Not the comic. The comic is fine if you go back to it.
0: Ryan, what do you think?
1: So, Mike and I mentioned Wayne's World and The Simpsons mm-hmm. as uh, Terminator references. And, those are the two biggest, but I think there's a third one where Arnold Schwarzenegger playing a cop in a movie in a movie walks <laughs> into a video store and right past Robert Patrick and he's like, What? I think it's time to give Last Action yep. Hero a rewatch. Right.
2: Sliced alone is the terminator of that. Universe. Yes.
1: And I like I think the problem was people were like, There's not enough. This isn't all time jokes, because they really tried to do a lot with that movie and it's not successful. No. But I'm saying that now that we know it's not, rewatch it and mm-hmm. it's kinda good. It, Last Action Hero is a
0: perfect example of a movie where people would not grant it what it was trying to do. Right. They right. refused to watch it in the way the movie's intended to be watched. And again, it's not successful. But like people went so hard for this movie because it was fun. Like before Twitter, yeah. there was like late only like late night comic jokes, and people loved going after this movie, and it all came down to purposefully misunderstanding yeah
1: the whole final sequence is because ingmar bergman's the seventh seal comes alive (laughs) and say or death comes out of that but also in this same year didn't we also watch bill and ted's bogus journey we sure did (laughs) it was a
0: great year for seventh (laughs) seal for (laughs) ingmar bergman Yeah. yeah death
1: is like a main character so come on uh let's like bogus journey a little bit less and give that love the last action hero
0: i love it that's so good uh mine would just be the matrix if you liked this movie why not see uh, a movie that is heavily influenced mm, guns
2: please uh or, it's the best sequel to
0: t2 i have to say the more time has gone on the more obvious it's been that that the matrix is just a lot of other ideas cobbled together yeah and i think that recommends it yeah, honestly that, it's uh, a star
1: wars baby it's a yeah. bunch of the
0: good ideas i like all in one place uh and yeah that,
1: star wars was like 1932 to 1977. Yeah. And then Matrix was 1977 to 1999.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And also gave trans kids something to look at and get excited about. Abucha. Good enough for me. So, Abucha. Greg's new.
2: (laughs) Skaboosh.
0: Abucha. (laughs) All right. So, we are all winners after that segment, but there can only be one winner of this show. Mike, you scored 37 points. A commendable effort. Well done. Ryan. Uh, you're like some sort of house on the back of a truck, because you just absolutely ran right over Mike with 44 points, and I clocked in at a not too shabby 10. Okay, wow, not that's actually that very 10. impressive for a host. for the host. That's pretty good. Or so you sad. and Mike did beat me. <laughs> yeah, together, Mike and I took down Ryan. But 44 points, Ryan. That is, I don't think a high score ever, but is certainly it's up there. Yeah, We're like on if, the board. Yeah, Dude, you're gonna be up on that love leaderboard. This movie. Okay, so now let's turn to that. I thought before the season began that watching this movie might be a sobering experience for me. And I thought, yeah, I really like it. It's one of my favorite movies from when I was a kid. But it's not going to win movie of the year. Gentlemen, I submit this to you. This might win movie of the year, right?
1: I, would, I wouldn't I would be surprised. We have two more movies left. We have a lot of like bonus episodes and blah, blah. Yeah, But we have two more movies left. We got blah, blah for days. Um, I don't know. I... I'm a huge fan of some of the movies that we've watched. But I I would say that this has been the season of like uh, I thought that movie would be better. You know, yeah, like there's yeah. a, like Adams Family made the top 8. Yeah. That's S- crazy. It's that ver- was this year. It's very <laughs> possible that like this movie is the perfect combination of Greg plus Mike plus Ryan and that Ooh. we voltron into this. I don't know. Into a T800. <laughs> we have a brighter summer day. Yeah. And we have Thelma and Louise. Yeah. And that's what's left. I don't know. There is going to
0: be vote splitting, and the movie mm-hmm. that's going to be there is going to be all of our second favorite. It's yeah. going to be Terminator Two and Terminator <laughs> Just Two. Walking through the fire. I'm not saying I'm not guaranteeing it, but I feel like I feel like it's way more likely to happen after the show than I was before it, and that's an exciting. Will you thing. guys
1: feel bad? Not bad, but like, will this be a weird year when like eyes wide shut? Jackie, Br- no, L.A. Confidential. That's still
0: isn't that weird to say.
1: That's still fucked yeah. up, right? Um, uh, what else do we have?
0: Uh, spotless mind. Spotless mind.
1: Spotless. Do, like, is Terminator? Dog Day die afternoon. Hard, afternoon. Die Hard. Is Terminator Two? Gonna, no, it's not going to feel weird. I mean, we I have don't think Die so. Hard, and we have Dog Day yeah. Afternoon. No, That's, and I mean. Yeah.
0: It, there we have rarely watched a movie that gave us as many different feelings like as many different types of movie it's like you know speculative fiction it's science fiction it's action it's a little bit horror it's a family drama you it's know a that because will tell you <laughs> so i think there is a real real chance now we do have a couple of movies coming up Thelma and louise and brighter coming day
1: Brighter Summer Day. Brighter
0: Summer Day. And that might change things. We're going to be doing those over the next few weeks. But until then, but, I and kind also, of
1: think this is the dark horse. Also, Silence of the Lambs, right? Like, Oh, shit, yeah. Okay, I mean, there yeah. are movies that we already did. And
0: that's another blockbuster-y type movie that I think. Yeah. But I, I feel, I don't know, I think I liked this more than I liked um, Silence of the Lambs, to be honest. Well, that's why they do the shows. That's why they do the bracket, everybody, right? Because we're going to have to see. We don't know what's going to win. The future is not Set. Dates uh, not all determined. you see before yet. you was
1: a dark road. Dark just, road. Just to rock you guys with the past instead of the future. Uh, Beauty and the Beast and Barton Fink. Do you remember those shows?
0: Wow. It's Adam's family that really feels like from another life. Yeah, that feels like like that feels like so long ago. That was
1: Obama was uh, president, right? (laughs) Was in president. He was in president.
0: Well, that's all we have to say, I assume, about Terminator Two in the next coming weeks. Thelma Louise, brighter summer day. But until then, hey everybody, do us a favor, won't you? And keep watching those movies.